We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Hello, everybody. How you doing? Welcome to a random bonus uh, Wednesday episode of the future award-winning Talk of Buffalo podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you very, very much, as always, for locking in. Happy hump day. You know, it's funny. I don't... uh do a lot of Wednesday shows, so I don't get to say that much. Uh, anyway, all right, so we're going to keep the ball rolling here today. Hopefully, you've been locked in, at least for the last couple weeks anyway. Um, I've been doing a series counting down the top 10 Buffalo Bills of all time at each position. Today is part four in that 11-part series, and I'm running this now through the start of Buffalo Bills training camp on late July. Uh, one quick programming note, Casual Friday with Joe Yurden's got nothing to do with this Bills countdown. Nothing's changed with that, but that show is also every Friday. So I'm, I'm a pretty busy man from now through the start of Bills training camp. Um, Today, <laughs> I'll tell you, we're counting. I, I I couldn't help but laugh a little bit when I as I was thinking about it. We're counting down. We've already done quarterbacks, running backs. Yesterday was wide receivers. Today, the top 10 tight ends in Buffalo Bills history. And again, I kind of, I laughed a little bit when I said that because I can't lie to you folks. Of all the positions that I've researched and that I've made these lists for, tight end was far and away the hardest to come up with uh, with 10. Quite frankly, there really hasn't been 10 really, really good tight ends in the history of this franchise, man. It's definitely a position that sticks out like a sore thumb. You know, I did wide receivers yesterday and I left some really good wide receivers off the list. Marlon Briscoe, J.D. Hill, Cole Beasley, lots of them. Ditto with running backs. The Bills are known for good running backs throughout their history. Uh, no C.J. Spiller. I heard a lot about no C.J. Spiller being on my top 10 list. Several other running backs as well. But anyway, tight ends, no. It's kind of the other way around. I'm kind of, there's going to there's be a couple people on this list and you're going to be like, really? There's a top 10 tight end in the history of the franchise. But yeah, there is. Um, You know, like I've said all along too, a couple quick points, then we'll get going. Uh, first and foremost, I when I do this series, I'm coming to my desk, I'm sitting down, I'm hitting the record button, and I'm just going. I'm not going back. I'm not editing. So if I screw up, if I stumble over my words a little bit, and trust me when I tell you, 
after doing these first three. I already know I'm going to for sure. I'm just going to keep going. So you're going to have to deal with a couple imperfections on this podcast, a couple flaws. It is what it is. Um, I'm going to try to keep these short. I think I've been doing a pretty good job of that. And this one might be even shorter than all of them because there's not a lot of good things to say, quite frankly, about at least some of these tight ends anyway. But making this short, uh, I want to keep these easily consumable for y'all listening or for y'all watching. Um, And then the most important point, and I've said this every time and I'm going to continue to, the top 10 list that you're, you're hearing now, that you've heard previously, and that you'll hear over the next handful of these, these lists come solely and exclusively from yours truly. That's it. These are my player evaluations. I did not talk to anyone in the Buffalo sports media for their takes. Uh, I didn't ask fans for their opinions. I didn't poll fans. The list that you're listening to is my opinions, my opinions alone. Um, I'll repeat the criteria. Personal accolades. Um, long, 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 longevity. You know what? It's funny. I stumbled. I'm glad I did that because I went back and I listened to, I think it was the quarterbacks and I kept saying longevity. And I must've said that eight times instead of longevity. Anyway, that matters, folks. Productivity matters. Their personal accolades matter. And I also factor in team success, at least to a certain extent. And this only goes when they are a member of the Buffalo Bills. I don't care what a player did before getting to Buffalo. I don't care what a player did after he left Buffalo. This is during their time in Buffalo. And this is obviously incredibly subjective. And it's an exercise, okay? This is nothing official. Again, this is one person's opinion. One lifelong Bills fan, one guy who's covered the Bills a little bit, one guy who's podcasting about the Bills. This is one person's opinion, extremely subjective. Uh, your opinions very well might differ. And that's fine. I welcome your opinions. I welcome your reactions to these lists. Uh, send your love tweets to me. Send your hate tweets to me. Everything in between. At Pamarin Tweets. You can hit up Talk Buffalo Podcast on the Facebook page. You can email Podcast at gmail.com. Any way that you want to communicate. Also comment on YouTube, which by the way, I said this on yesterday's show. If you have not subscribed to the Talking Buffalo Podcast YouTube channel, please do that. This episode will be up there. A lot of episodes, not all, but a lot of episodes in fuller on YouTube. I also put a lot of clips up on YouTube from the episodes, highlights from them, so I don't have to clog up your RSS feed when you subscribe uh, through the audio version. Because I know you guys already subscribe to other shows, obviously, as well. And, you know, I don't want to clog uh, your feed up. Anyway. Uh, at the end of this episode, I'm going to lay out um, the schedule for the remainder of these and enough babbling here at the top. Let's just uh, dive in right now. And again, today, here's my list of the top 10 tight ends in Buffalo Bills franchise history. Don't expect this to be long, folks, at all. Coming in at number 10, Robert Royal. Yes, Robert Royal. Spent three years with the Bills, 2008 to 2010. 23 catches for 233 yards and three touchdowns in 2006. 25 catches for 248 yards and three touchdowns in 2007. And then he had career best 33 catches for 351 yards and a touchdown in 2008. (laughs) 
I'm going to say this several times throughout this episode because I had no choice. The bar, when it comes to the history of the franchise with the Buffalo Bills when it, and tight ends, the bar is not very high with this position. It's just not. Quite frankly, Robert Royal does not belong on an all-time top 10 of any, anything. But he is. I'll say this much for him, though. You know, I don't want to sit there and, and shit all over Robert Royal. He wasn't a bad player. And to see of bad Bills free agent signings during the playoff drought, uh, Royal was a pretty good pickup. I mean, he was never quite what he was or what they were hoping he was going to be when he came from Washington. Paid him a nice buck. But he wasn't bad. He wasn't, wasn't terrible player. He was pretty good. It's just, again, it's, it's not so much... Robert Royals, it is. This is just a very weak position when it comes to uh, the history of the Bills. Anyway, Robert Royal, number 10. Coming in at number nine, Mark Bramer. Mark Bramer spent five years with the Buffalo Bills. Um, he was one of Joe Ferguson's favorite targets during his four seasons with the team. Uh, 26 passes as a rookie in 1980 for 283 yards and four touchdowns. Um, that would be... Uh, a career high. Uh, his best season came in 1981. He caught 33 passes for 365 yards and a pair of touchdowns. And then he'd have 25 catches both in 1982 and 1983 before just seven catches in 12 games in 1984. And then that was it for his, uh, not just his Bills career, his NFL career. I said four seasons. He spent five seasons uh, with the Buffalo Bills. Again, you know, a decent player who... Played on some pretty bad Bills teams over the last few years of his career. Don't really have much more to add to that. But again, in a, with a lot of very mediocre tight ends, you know, Mark Bramer wasn't mediocre by any means, but he comes in at number nine. Let's keep this moving, folks. Number eight, Keith McKellar. Keith McKellar spent seven years with the Bills, 1987 to 1993. Uh, his rookie season was pretty much a wash. He only appeared in one game, and he caught zero passes in 12 games in his second season. So Keith McKellar was barely a blip on the radar screen his first two seasons in the NFL with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, year three, 1989, he earned a bigger role. Uh, his third year, he had 20 catches for 341 yards. Pretty good receiving. Um, I should say pretty good season. His best two seasons came over the next two years. He caught 34 passes for a career-best 464 yards and five touchdowns in 1990. And then he caught 44 catches for uh, 434 yards and three touchdowns in 1991. So 1990, 1991, good seasons. Uh, he played two more seasons in Buffalo before his career was over. There was nothing spectacular about Keith McKellar, obviously. But he was great value. He was a ninth-round draft pick and a, a pretty damn good tight end, too, for this team during its Super Bowl run years. So I'm not making fun of Keith McKellar. He's actually a pretty good player. Hell of a backup tight end who could do some things. And by the way, I should also point out, when I'm talking about Keith McKellar here in the late 80s, early 90s, and uh, Mark Bramer in the early 80s, and Robert Royal, well, maybe not so much Robert Royal, but a lot of these, you got to remember, back in the day, Nowadays in the in the NFL, tight ends are catching. It's, it's common to catch 60, 70, 80 passes in a season. The upper tier tight ends, that's what they do. Back in the day, there were only a handful of tight ends that would catch a lot of passes. Just want to point that out. 
Um, let's keep this going. Number seven, Lonnie Johnson. Lonnie Johnson spent five years with the Buffalo Bills from 1994 to 1998. He was a second round pick of the Bills, uh, 61st overall in the 1994 draft. That was a year after the Bills Super Bowl run had ended. Uh, he did nothing as a rookie, but he set what would become career highs of 49 catches for 504 yards in 1995. Followed it up with two more impressive campaigns. Grabbed 46 passes for 457 yards in 1996. And I followed that up with 41 catches for 340 yards in 1997. You know, you look at those numbers and by Bill's tight end standards, those numbers almost feel gaudy. Uh, he'd be limited to just 14 catches in 1998. And after that, he finished his career by uh, spending one year with the Kansas City Chiefs. Lonnie Johnson did not find the end zone much. He only had five touchdowns over his 153 catches with the Bills through five years. But he was a chain mover, uh, a pretty good tight end. His 153 catches rank him 28th all-time in team history. And his 1,489 yards is good for 37th all-time. All right, one more here before we get to the break. Number six, going back here for this one, Ruben Gant. Ruben Gant spent seven years with the Bills, 1974 to 1980. Uh, he served as a, primarily as a backup and, and blocking tight end his three seasons uh, in the league after being a first-round pick, 18th overall, by the way, in the, the 1974 NFL draft. His first three seasons, like I said, he was he was a backup. He was a a backup and a blocking tight end, which is weird for being a guy who was picked in the first round. But anyway, in 1977, he started to become more of a weapon in the passing game. Uh, he set career highs with 41 catches for 646 yards, which at the time was the most receiving yards for a tight end in team history. Uh, he was second on the team that season in both categories, catches and yards, only to Bob Chandler. Um... Ruben Gant had another really good year in 1978. Got 34 passes for 408 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, you know, Joe Ferguson really threw the ball to him much near the end of his career. Uh, Gant caught just 19 passes in 1979 and 12 in 1980. Uh, for his career, he caught 127 passes for 1,850 yards and 15 touchdowns. The 127 catches rank him 38th all-time in team history. And the 1,850 yards put him 30th. Uh, his 15 touchdown receptions ties him with Joe Cribs for 22nd all-time in team history. So, yeah, man, a a good tight end here, Ruben Grant. I, I, I got, you know, can't really make fun of him like I have a couple of these others. All right, before we get to the break, let's recap 10 through 6. Number 10, Robert Royal. Number nine, Mark Bramer. Number eight, Keith McKellar. Number seven, Lonnie Johnson. And number six, Ruben Gant. We're going to take a quick break here. And they're going to be back counting down the top five tight ends in Buffalo Bills history. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we're back. We are counting down the top 10 tight ends in Buffalo Bills history. We've arrived at number five, and this is a name everyone's going to be very familiar with because he is the current Buffalo Bills top tight end. Of course, I'm talking about Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox, three years with the Bills so far, 2019 to current. Um, You know, it's crazy that a guy with only three years on the team at this point is on the, not only on this list, but is right in the top five. Um, And especially when you say, consider only one of Dawson Knox's three years are really spectacular but he's still high in this list. But that's where we are when it comes to the tight end position. You know, we laugh sometimes when we say it, but it is truth. It is fact. The Buffalo Bills historically have not been good at having productive pass-catching tight ends. Um, Dawson Knox is a third-round pick. He's a guy the Bills traded up for. Uh, 28 catches his rookie year for 388 yards and a pair of touchdowns. Um, 2020, he actually slightly regressed a little bit statistically, caught just 24 balls in, uh, 12 games, 288 yards. He did pull in three touchdowns, you know, and still there, there was many questions about Dawson Knox going into 2021. And we were asking if the bills should, uh, be looking to upgrade the tight end position. You know, I've talked about this on the podcast a couple of times because it happened on the podcast. I remember, you know. A little more than a year ago, actually, at this time, I sat at Mulberry's Italian restaurant and I had Matt Perino on with me and I had uh, Nate Gary on with me. And we did a show. We did a, a Final Wings Club episode there. And after we talked about, of course, the food and stuff, we we talked about Bill's training camp and we were talking about potential red flags going into the 2021 season. And I vividly remember Dawson Knox being at the top of that conversation about potential red flags, having so much to prove. And the funny and ironic thing, and this is why it sticks out to me so much, is as we're discussing Dawson Knox and him being a potential, you know, his situation and his productivity through two years being a red flag for the Bills, Dawson Knox is there sitting maybe 15 feet away from us having dinner at the restaurant. I just thought that was really ironic. and But my point was, that was just a year ago, going into a year ago or so before the season. So he responds, all the questions, all the naysayers, including me out there, he responded with perhaps the best single season output at, uh, by a tight end in team history. Not perhaps, it is. Now he caught 49 passes, 587 yards, and he set a team record for tight ends with nine touchdowns, which again, just two off the all-time record for touchdown catches set in a season by Bill Brooks. In 1995, Dawson Knox 
wasn't just making good plays. He was doing it more consistently. Dawson Knox has always shown. He's always flashed. But last year, it felt like he started getting really consistent. Um, the two touchdowns against the Patriots in, in the playoffs were, were spectacular as well. So in this process, Dawson Knox is becoming, you know, he's went from being someone who we weren't so sure about in the future to, I personally think anyway, he's becoming one of the game's better tight ends for sure. And I, I think the Bills can find themselves in the position to having to give this guy a big contract. You know, 2022, this coming season, this is the last year before he's scheduled to hit free agency. Um, he has for his career, 101 catches, 1,263 yards and 14 touchdowns to his first three seasons. Uh, the 14 touchdowns, it's already good for 24th on the team's all-time list. And if he signs that second contract to stay in Buffalo, I think if, if he plays anything like he did last year, and especially if he improves, we do this list a handful of years from now, Dawson Knox could easily be number one on this list. But for now, again, considering he's only been here for three years and he's only had one really good season, I can't put him any higher than number five. All right, moving on. Number four. Yeah, I know a lot of people might not agree with this. Charles Clay. Charles Clay played four years with the Bills, 2015 to 2018. And the reason why I say a lot of people might not agree is because he didn't have the best career with the Bills. Plus, the Bills paid a fortune to sign him away from Miami. Remember when he was a restricted free agent? All that money he got in 2015? Man, was it a good deal? Was it worth it? In hindsight, no, it wasn't. But, you know... That's not really Clay's fault as much. That's an organizational failure during his time here. Plus, he couldn't stay fully healthy. Um, that's always been that was always his biggest problem, staying healthy. Uh, Charles Clay missed at least three games in three of his four seasons in Buffalo. Uh, Ten games missed in total, and he played a lot when he was way less than hundred percent. But when you threw the ball to him, he's a pretty damn good tight end. Uh, he caught fifty-one passes for five hundred twenty-eight yards and three touchdowns in twenty fifteen. He had his best season with Buffalo in 2016, 57 catches, 552 yards, and four touchdowns, all Buffalo career highs. Uh, he had 49 catches for 558 yards in 2017 before being eliminated 21 catches for 184 his last year. All right, so you take away the touchdowns because, again, Dawson Knox had nine touchdowns last year. But receptions and, and yards, Charles Clay's numbers are right there, and they're there three of his four seasons. Um so in four seasons with the Bills, Clay caught 178 passes, 1,822 yards, nine touchdowns. Again, touchdowns weren't there. Dawson Knox had as many last year as Clay had in four. Uh, the 18-22 yards is good for 31st in team history, and his 178 catches is 20th. Again, Charles Clay by no means was spectacular, and the crazy contract was almost destined to be a disappointment, especially on such a, a disappointing era of Buffalo Bills football, where it seems like every move they made, nothing worked out. But, uh, no, again, on a team with very few historically really productive tight ends, I thought Charles Clay was a good player, and all things considered, did a good job. But when you factor in who's above him and who's below him, I think four is a fair slot for him. All right, so we're into the top three as I'm starting to lose my voice. For a second straight day doing this podcast at this point. I guess that's what happens when you do something solo and you're used to having conversations with other people on your show. But anyway, coming in at number three, Ernie Warlick. 
Then four years with the Bills, 1962 to 1965. Um, he was the Bills' second best receiving threat his first three years on the team. That was, of course, after Bills Wall of Famer Albert Dubinian, who we talked about yesterday. Uh, Ernie made instant impact as a rookie. He caught 35 passes for 482 yards. He led the team in catches that season. Followed that up with 24 catches for 479 yards and then 23 catches for 478 yards over his next two years. Uh, you know, showing he was a, a complete model of consistency. Turned out to be one hell of a contributor for a guy who was just a 16th round pick. You want to talk about great steals. We talked about Andre Reid being a fourth round pick, maybe arguably the, the greatest value pick in Buffalo Bills history of all time. Well, I'll tell you what, Ernie being a 16th round pick, that's up there too. Because this was back in the days when the draft lasts forever. You know, of course, that was only seven rounds. Back then, draft went on forever. Uh, you know, I, I, I've said this multiple times. There's not a lot of historical statistical success with the tight end position in the Buffalo Bills. And his numbers certainly are not gaudy at all. But this franchise also won two championships in its history. The AFL titles in 64 and 65. And, and Ernie played a pretty decent role in both of them. So... That matters to me. Team success at least plays some role in these rankings. So I got him ranked higher for that reason as much as any of the numbers. All right, so we are here. The final two coming in at number two. Jay Remersma. Yes, it's two. I know, I know. Jay Remersma, number two. Six years with the Buffalo Bills. 1997 to 2002. Um, you know, like Stevie Johnson, Jay is one of the team's all-time great seventh-round draft picks. Michigan kid had a very good and consistent Bills career, even if it didn't seem like it so much at the time. As a rookie in 1997, he caught 26 passes for 208 yards. He'd follow that up with 25 catches and what became a career-best six touchdowns in 1998. Uh, he'd go on and catch at least 32 passes in each of his next four years, including career best numbers of 53 catches for 590 yards in 2001. And I'll tell you, you go back and, and again, comparing to Dawson Knox, if you take away the touchdowns, because again, Dawson Knox had nine touchdowns, but Knox last year, who we think was great, 49 catches for 587 yards. Reeves had 53 for 590 in 2001. Uh, for a six-year career, he caught 204 passes for 2,304 yards, 20 touchdowns. Uh, the 204 catches are good for 16th in franchise history. The 2,304 yards is good for 23rd, and his 20 touchdowns are tied with J.D. Hill for 13th. You know, I, I do have to admit this. I knew the tight end position was the weak spot of the Buffalo Bills historically. But when I went through this process, you know, I kind of had an idea in my mind. All right, I'm going to like, this guy I know is going to be really near the top. I had no idea that Jay Remersmer was going to be ranked as high as he was. But that's what it is. Before we get to uh, number, actually, let's, a couple, I, believe it or not, I actually got a couple audible mentions I want to throw out there. Uh, Paul Seymour, Paul Costa, uh, Mark Campbell, uh, Butch Roll, my man, all like, Quite literally, all he ever did is catch one-yard touchdown passes. But when you got that many touchdowns like Butch Roll did, he at least deserves a shout-out on the podcast. All right, before we get to number one, let's recap 10 through 2. 10, Robert Royal. 
9 Mark Bramer, 8 Keith McKellar, 7 Lonnie Johnson, 6 Ruben Gant, 5 Dawson Knox, 4 Charles Clay, 3 Ernie Warlick, 2 Jay Remersma, and we've reached number 1, and it's Pete Metzelars, folks. Pete Metzelars played 10 years with the Buffalo Bills, 1985 to 1994. Guess what? Throw out the stats when it comes to Pete Metzelars. All those stats are nothing to sneeze at. This guy was a favorite of Jim Kelly, and he was also a favorite of the fans, too. Uh, you know, Pete Metzelar has seen it all in Buffalo, playing on some horrible teams. He came to the Bills in 1985. That was their second of back-to-back 2-14 and 14 seasons. That team sucked. The Bills stunk early in his career. And then he went to the highest of highs, playing on the Super Bowl teams, all of them. So Pete Metzlar has seen it all during his Bills career. Uh, his second year with the team in 86, which was Jim Kelly's first year, caught 49 passes for 485 yards and three touchdowns. Other solid seasons included 1988. He caught 33 passes for 438 yards. And in 1992, when he caught 30 passes for 298 yards and a career best six touchdowns. Now I get it on the surface. That doesn't sound overly impressive statistically. But mind you, remember this, folks. This was an offense that at the time featured Andre Reid and James Lofton and Thurman Thomas and many of Don Beebe. There were other options before Pete Metzlar's. His best season, 1993, which was the last of the Bills' four Super Bowl years. That season caught 68 passes for 609 yards, which are both single-season Bills records for tight ends. And that's a mark that still stands to this day. 68 catches, 609 yards in in 1993. He became more than just an alternative option for Jim Kelly that year. He was one of his primary targets. Uh, And he followed that up with one more good season, 49 catches, 428 yards, and five touchdowns in 1994 before he left to finish his career with the Carolina Panthers for his Buffalo Bills career. Pete finished with 302 catches, 2,921 yards, and 25 touchdowns. His 302 catches rank him seventh on the all-time list. His 2,921 yards put him 12th. By the way, isn't that a little weird? Not even 3,000 yards and you're still in the top 12. But anyway, the 25 touchdown catches, that ties him with peerless price for eighth all-time on the list. Uh, so you, you add the numbers, plus you add how long he played with the Bills, 10 years. So at least for the time being anyway, again, maybe down the road it's changes a little bit. But for right now, Pete Metzelars is uh, an easy choice for number one. So there you go. There's your top 10 Buffalo Bills of all time at the tight end position. Uh, what else we got going on here? So, uh, of course, Friday is casual Friday with Joe Yurden again. Um, we're going to be taping live late Thursday night, really late Thursday night, after the NHL draft. Uh, we'll recap what the Sabres do in the draft, and we're going to start to have a Sabres offseason preview, talk about some moves that Joe thinks that might be coming over the next handful of days and weeks or so. So anyway, that'll be Friday, and then we're going to pick back up with this top 10 Bills all-time countdown next Monday, the 11th. We're doing offensive line Again, offensive tackle, interior offensive line are going to be separate lists. So those are not going to be one and the same. We're doing those separately. However, I'm going to run them both down on the same show. Uh, then Tuesday, the next day, the 12th, 
We're doing defensive ends. Thursday the 14th will be defensive tackles. And then the following week, which is the last week before Bill's training camp begins, we're having a podcast literally every single day that week. Monday the 18th is going to be linebackers. Tuesday the 19th is going to be corners. Wednesday the 20th is going to be safeties. Thursday the 21st, the last in this series, is going to be special teams. And then Friday the 22nd, of course, casual Friday with Joe Yurden. So tons of shows coming up. Lots of extra episodes over the next couple weeks. I thank you very much for listening. I appreciate you all. Again, follow me on Twitter, at Tweets. Subscribe to the podcast, please, if you haven't already, on the audio side, Spotify or Apple primarily. And also, make sure, please make sure you go to YouTube, Talk Buffalo Podcast YouTube channel, hit subscribe, hit that little bell so you get notifications when we drop new videos. Thank you very much. I appreciate all you guys. Be back. Casual Friday with Joe Yurden. Talk to you guys in a few days. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.